Please sit down. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just over a month ago now that the death of Hugh Mazzacella was announced, um, Hugh was a world-famous jazz trumpeter from South Africa. He was born in the year that the Second World War broke out, and as a black South African, he knew what it was like to live as a second-class citizen in his own country. He lived through the years of apartheid, and he contributed to its struggles and its conflict through his music and his songwriting. He didn't claim to be a Christian, but he developed a massive passion for social justice. And there is, to me, without any doubt, something of God about the legacy that he leaves uh, behind him. As a teenager, he uh, attended a remarkable school, secondary school. It was a school for black children um, that became uh, a centre for anti-apartheid movements. Um, Oliver Tambo, who was later to become a leader of the ANC, was one of the teachers there. Trevor Huddleston, who later on became the Bishop of Stepney and later on after that the Archbishop of the Indian Ocean. Uh, Trevor Huddleston was also on the staff of that school. And as a youngster, Mazakella was always in trouble. He said, I was a real delinquent. He said, I was always fighting with the teachers or stealing when I went into town. He said, I was sent to see Trevor Huddleston. You'd be sent to see Trevor Huddleston when everything else failed. And it was that encounter with Trevor Huddleston at a moment when all other discipline had failed that really changed the direction of his life because Trevor Huddleston realised that this young lad, Hugh Mazzucella, had a great love for music and he managed to raise enough money, I think it was £15, which in the 1950s in South Africa was a lot of money, managed to raise £15 to buy the lad a trumpet. And then he found an officer in the Salvation Army, a bandsman in the Salvation Army, to give him lessons. So he was surrounded with these Christian influences from this young age. And that gave rise, actually, to the Huddleston Jazz Band, because other youngsters were ex uh, encouraged to express their passion for music uh, through this genre as well. And it was through Huddleston that Mazakela's um, outstanding music talent was brought to the attention of Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong was so impressed by what he was told that he sent one of his horns to Mazakela uh, in South Africa. And so Mazakela de developed as a fine trumpeter, but his legacy really goes far beyond that simply of music. He had a passion for social justice, and uh, it was the agony and the conflict and the exploitation uh, South Africa faced, especially during the 1950s and 60s and just beyond, that inspired him to make music and also to spread political change. He left South Africa in 1960, just after the awful Sharpeville massacre, uh, the banning of the ANC that followed. And he spent many years in the United States of America and then returned for a while to Botswana. And later he returned to South Africa, but not after, uh, uh, until all the days of apartheid were over, until Nelson Mandela had been released from prison and he became president of South Africa. And he, um, Mazakela became involved in various social community initiatives, one of which was called the Lunchbox Fund. Uh, it was a non-profit or organisation that uh, provided a daily meal for very poor students in the towns township of uh, Soweto. 
And so Hume Azekela left various legacies behind him. Um, his son, Saul, said that his father was welcomed in many countries, but he refused to take up citizenship anywhere on earth because he wanted to continue the fight for justice in his own country. He also developed a great empathy and with uh, displaced and distressed people in many countries of the world. And in the words of his son, he scoffed at the futile idea of borders defining humanity. Seems to be something very Christian, bringing us close to the heart of the God and Father of us all about that. And another of his legacies comes through some of the lyrics that he wrote, um, uh, where the concept of healing was present. Uh, Badger Bula Bonke, the healing song for the 1960s, and then nearly 50 years later, an album which he entitled Fola, South African word meaning to get well or to heal. And so he had this passion for healing, the healing of his own broken nation, but also a healing in the wider world between races. You have inside the Orders of Service tonight a very small photograph, because I thought if you weren't aware of this man, you might like to at least get a photograph of who I was talking about. You see there what appears to be a very happy chappy. I'm sure he was a very happy chappy when he was playing his trumpet because he was absorbed in his music. But that actually is not the whole of his life because he never seemed to receive that inner healing that we often pray for as Christian people. His inner life was quite turbulent, uh, as was evident by the fact that he was married four times uh, and he also had quite a difficult relationship with the record company uh, who recorded his music. But some of the gifts that came through that turbulent life Music, musical gifts and social gifts have been quite outstanding. And it seemed very appropriate just to pause for a few minutes and to remember him and his legacy uh, in our Jazz Vespers, Jazz Vespers service tonight. And also to remember that God so often gives precious gifts uh, to us through people who experience a lot of inner turbulence. We have, of course, arrived now in the Christian season of Lent. Uh, it's a season that lasts for the 40 days um, and it's a season when we recall some of the turbulent, turbulent elements in the life of Jesus. It begins, of course, with our thinking about the uh, period that Jesus went into the wilderness of 40 days and 40 nights and that was a time of struggle, of inner struggle, um, a time when at the beginning of his public ministry he needed to set out the strategy for um, his ministry. Uh, the choices that he was going to have to make, many of which would be quite difficult. It was a time of struggle and turmoil. And Luke, in his gospel, ends the uh, account of the temptations with that simple uh, sentence, the devil left Jesus until an opportune time. I think that's a very clear indication that those temptations that Jesus faced at the beginning of his ministry, the challenges and the choices, were not all over and done with at the end of that 40 days. And if we read through the Gospels and read between the lines, as it were, I think we can discover some of the other occasions too when Jesus continued to face that inner turmoil. And of course, the season of Lent draws to an end with Holy Week, bringing us on to Monday, Thursday and Good Friday. And once again, we see that inner turbulence in the life of Jesus as he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane on the night of his arrest, the night before he was crucified. 
There are three accounts of that in the Gospels. Matthew and Mark uh, give very similar accounts and not only focus on the agony of Jesus, but also on the unwillingness or the inability of the disciples to share that agony with Jesus. They focus very much on the sleepiness of the disciples and the inability to keep awake. But um, <coughs> Luke, in the part that uh, Stephanie's read to us this evening, makes just a brief reference to the sleepiness of the disciples. His focus is more on the agony of Jesus, his inner turbulence. It's Luke who tells us that Jesus was full of pain and that his sweat was like drops of blood. I think that's a vivid insight into the heart of Jesus. And of course it is through the gift of our Lord Jesus that God gave that gift of salvation, of transformation, of turning things around to our world. But the cost of the gift is very evident as we explore some of those moments of inner turbulence in the life of our Lord. And so perhaps in the light of these reflections tonight, thinking about Hugh Mazakella, thinking about the life of Jesus, it is worth pausing to remember that God is able and does often use human turbulence in a very powerful way and to give thanks for that. And to remember that uh, when there are times of turbulence in our own lives, as inevitably there are sometimes, maybe when we're deeply disturbed by a situation and don't get any rest until we can actually do something about it, when we have to make a stand over an issue of justice, when we have hard choices to make, that God can use our responses to that turbulence to bring hope and healing to those around us. And to his name be the praise and the glory. <clears throat>